Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Brian Mosey. Um, if we sound any different, it's because we've just started to go back to the office. The Wi-Fi has not worked at all this week, so we're back to doing this um, over Teams, which, you know, has its benefits. I don't have to leave my house. The the other, ben, you know, we'll figure out the, the freezing or the lag or anything else. But um, besides that, Brian, how are you doing today? Doing good. Yeah, we're, uh, I'm waiting to possibly go out and cover a spring game, which would be kind of fun if we if we can do that. But uh, the Minnesota weather has not uh, shown its likeness to us. Um, we've had a lot of cold days. We had some rain and some snow and some wind over the last few weeks. And it's just been kind of frustrating being able to not get on the field. So I'm sure all the spring kids are feeling the same way. So hopefully we can it looks like maybe potentially um, next week we're going to get into the 50s. And so hopefully we can, you know, get get those baseball fields looking good and get those tennis courts going and be able to start kind of getting some spring sports going again. Yeah, the only day that it was nice enough where we could play any games, um, you were not working that day. So it hasn't really hasn't gone well for you that way. I was able to get to um, one event for tennis on Monday, but other than that, uh, we haven't been able to get outside for anything yet so far, so we're hoping um, possibly tomorrow night that could change. We're already starting to see a lot of postponements for that, but sports like lacrosse on turf or something that, you know, it's harder to cancel. It seems like they they play through most weather, so we'll see if um, we'll get started with them tomorrow. But so today it's going to be a shorter podcast. Um, like we said, we haven't been able to get to many events. But we will run through the the teams that have gotten to play um, the high school teams in the area from the last week. Brian also had. Um, his boys lacrosse preview come out um, today. So we'll talk through that a bit too and preview since we are planning to possibly see that St. Cloud um, boys lacrosse team play tomorrow night. We'll talk about them um, and the other teams in the area too. But beyond that, there there won't be much because there's not much happening. So I know last week we talked a bit about, ah, maybe this will be the week. Well, it, it hasn't been. So, um, <laughs> but here we are on Wednesday morning and um, I guess we'll see how the rest of the week goes. But uh, Brian, I think we'll start with the boys lacrosse preview since, um, like I mentioned, that just came out um, in print today and online also this morning. Um, and with it, it's it's kind of nice because there are, you know, a lot of the kind of the key contribute star guys were younger guys last year. They were sophomores, they were freshmen, even a couple juniors. Um, and a lot of them are back and with with a lot of experience on this team, you know, all spring sports were kind of weird last year because of not having the year before. And it seemed like lacrosse was especially one where going into last year, we had absolutely no idea basically what anything was going to be, who the star names were going to be. Um, and then it kind of, it became clear as we went through the spring. So, um, you know, who are going to be some of the key standout guys this year? Well, like you said, I mean, it's, it's nice, not only just to have familiar names for these teams, but also it's nice to have some familiar guys back to start growing the lacrosse sport in the central Minnesota area. I know a lot of the coaches that I've talked to have said that, you know, being able to have some familiar guys that maybe the younger kids know and have gone to the games and seen them play. um, It gives them a little bit of a boost of energy of, you know, Oh, I want to be like that guy and I want to play lacrosse. And so um, it's definitely increased the interest of the sport in the central Minnesota area. and, And the hopes are is that it continues to keep, you know, bringing people in and um, continuing to bro- um, improve this program. So, but as for the actual varsity teams, the biggest guy um, is Joe Torberg. Um, he was the 
player of the year last year for um, the all, all Metro area um, team. And he comes back for the St. Cloud crush um, this year. It's now the crush last year. It was, I believe St. Cloud tech still um, the tigers, but it was still a co-op of all the different schools in St. Cloud. Um, but now it's going to be the St. Cloud crush. They finished nine and six overall last year. They lost in the uh, Section 8 quarterfinals to Elk River Zimmerman Co-op. Um, but Joe, Joe Torborg finished with 41 goals, 39 assists, 80 total points. He is going to be relied on heavily on the offensive end um, from what uh, Bailey, Bailey Stedman, their new head coach, said. Um, also, they got a new head coach. Bailey Stedman is their new head coach. Um, very familiar with the program. He's been um, he's helped out with the fall league um, quite a bit, so he understands kind of who the players are. He's also coached their 14U program for a while now, so he knows kind of the people that are coming up and rising in the ranks. Um, and so he he definitely feels comfortable as he gets ready for the season. Um, he already kind of has those relationships with some of those players um, and understands what they can do and what they you know need to improve on. But yeah, your key returners are going to be Joe Torberg on the offensive end. Connor Harnes, he finished with uh, 34 goals, 17 assists, and 51 points last year. Um, he was kind of an offensive attack as well. Um, this year, it sounds like he's going to make the move to midfield this year. Um, it's kind of a decision that he made um, to help the team out. Um, he's going to be kind of one of those guys that can kind of take both the defensive side and the offensive side and kind of be that two-way player for them. And then Ryan Glazeman, um, he's he had 25 goals and 29 points um, last season. He's kind of their, um, I believe he's a lefty, and I, I think he's kind of one of the, their guys that just whips in those goals pretty quick um, on on the offensive end. So definitely someone to kind of look out for. And then the last guy is Landon, their goalie. He's um, he finished with a nine and six record. He allowed 126 goals, um, 8.4 goals allowed per game, and 720 minutes um but he is kind of a rec or a force to be reckoned with this year he's definitely improved during the offseason from what bailey said and um it's someone that you know he's going to kind of control that defensive end quite a bit um, but they bring back a lot of experience i mean a lot of experience they have you know all of their offensive attack basically back um with only a couple guys gone and then they bring back a defensive end that um you know it, Trey and Maddock, he's going to be kind of one of their defenders coming back along with Landon at goalie. Um, those two are going to be kind of those key people on the defensive end that um, can really, you know, make that balance for St. Cloud this year. And I know Bailey's excited. He said, you know, they're going to be fast. They're going to be physical. They're hungry. Um, there's a lot of confidence in that on that field um, from all these different players because they know what they were able to do last year. And now with more experience and more chemistry built, um kind of the sky's the limit this year no definitely and with yeah you have a senior in landon and goal also your top two attackers are only sophomores and juniors with that year of experience a lot more knowledge about the varsity game now because um that was a really inexperienced group that was already pretty electric last year when we got to see him a couple times so i'm really excited to see what that looks like this year and a, a team that they had some really awesome games with too was sartell sock rapids we you know each time they played them it was a really great rivalry game with kind of back and forth games, a lot of goals scored. Um, and I expect that to, to probably be kind of the same this year because it looks like um, the Storm and Sabres also have a lot of those same offensive threats back for them as well. Yeah, I mean, like you said, um, a lot of returners coming back and they only graduated three seniors on that Sartell Sock Rapids team. And 
those three seniors combined for 12 goals. So they have a lot of goal scoring back um, this upcoming season. And the main guy that um, that is kind of their leader is Aiden Hilger. Um, he finished with 38 goals, 25 assists, 63 points. Um, along with him, John Claypool with 13 goals and 32 points. And then Easton Portner, um, 20 goals and 26 points. So, I mean, if that doesn't tell you enough, they have a lot of their offensive weapons back. So um, I know Jake Saylor, their um, their head coach, he's very excited for what this season's coming uh, coming to offer. Um, they have a lot of experience coming back. They also have Bennett Crane, who's a junior, and he's going to be um, – he was also one of their top goal scorers as well. Um, and then on the defensive side, they also bring back a lot of experience. They have Travis Berry, um, Parker McCabe, as well as – um a, a junior holden um he they they all kind of have that experience of what it was like to play on the defensive end um they they know what they know what to expect um they also have two goalies coming back um rudolph rigamar and uh cullen grenick um they both kind of shared a lot of that uh that goalie time together and i know rudolph was able to kind of get um, a little bit more experience on that side, but both of them, from what Jake has said, is they're both dynamic. They give them an opportunity to win each game. Um, and with that defensive experience, I think it'll just kind of help out with, you know, settling them down a little bit at the beginning of the season, making sure that they, you know, don't make those common mistakes um, and be able to get maybe a handful of wins early on in this season um, as they start the 2022 season. But definitely a from what Jake kind of said is, you know, they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to play a good style of lacrosse um, and they're going to compete in every game. So um, I would expect another fun season of St. Cloud and Sartell Sock Rapids games um, this upcoming season. Yeah. And both were teams that went out um, in the section eight uh, quarterfinals by, you know, double digit goals. I know that's kind of been as these, you know, newer programs compared to the Metro schools have been kind of coming along. That's been the the um, kind of the spot that they've fallen short, usually that first round or after a play-in spot, um, you know, you face some of those city schools with some more experience and it's been hard to overcome that. I'm sure that's something they're going to be looking for, especially with kind of a lot more depth. It seems like a bit more experience. Um, we'll see if they can, you know, take another step. And then the last school, which is the newest program still is Ricori. Um, they went winless last season, but um, I know you, um, they have a new head coach as well this year. Yeah, Ricori brought in um, Mitchell Majisco, um, who is their new head coach. He, even though he's new to the area, he has a lot of experience in lacrosse. He's played it for most of his life, um, and he's excited to kind of get this team back in sync um, as they had kind of a rough season last year with um, going 0-8 last year, and um, they didn't even play in the section tournament because they didn't have enough players. Um, their numbers were down, and so the biggest thing for him was to get those numbers up and he was able to do that. He had, um, th they already had kind of uh, a, a smaller group with 16, 16 guys last year, but they added um, a handful more players this year. And now they have 24 players on the squad and all 24 players are non-seniors. They have no seniors on the team this year, which is really cool um, because it can just advance their program and keep adding people into their program, which will be good. Um, the biggest names actually are very young. Um, you have sophomore Nathan Soldner um, and then freshman Isaac Arms. They're kind of the people that he's Mitchell's looking looking at to kind of start that jumpstart that season in, in a sense and 
get that ball rolling. Um, they also have a goalie in River Belmont, um, who's a junior, and he's been improving quite a bit um, early on in this season. Um, but from what he said is, I mean, what from Mitchell said is that the team is already kind of in sync. Um, they already kind of know each other's strengths and weaknesses. Um, they practice like, you know, like they uh, they won the state tournament last year. Um, they've been working really hard. Um, and honestly, he said that um, they they show up every day. They give it their all. Um, and they I think he kind of is expecting, you know, at least to improve upon that record and, uh, and you know, obviously see what happens. But like you said, kind of a younger uh, or a, a newer program in Ricori. So, you know, obviously when you're playing the Elk Rivers of the world and the Rogers of the world, it's not ideal. It's not, <laughs> I would say, fair in a sense. But um, but obviously, you know, it'd be nice to see a little bit more competitiveness um, in the sense of, you know, playing that those St. Cloud teams or Sartell Sock Rapids teams. Um, and I think that this year could be a possibility for the Spartans. Yeah, and they'll get to, you know, they only got to play a handful of games on that new turf um, last year. It's kind of that shortened schedule. So they'll get a couple more chances to to play at home to see if that kind of um, aids them in trying to make some strides, pick up a win for the first time in a couple of years, too. So, yeah, if you want to read more about those three teams, you can go to sctimes.com and read up on those. Um, I'm currently putting together the girls lacrosse preview. Still have a couple more coaches to talk about for that. So we'll probably save that um, until next week. But just kind of as a preview, two of those three schools also have brand new head coaches um, also at St. Cloud and Ricori. So a lot of changeover in those programs, especially a young sport like lacrosse. It's not too surprising to see that. It seems like a lot of these coaches pretty young, probably people that are just out of high school, college that have played it. So you're going to see more of that in kind of them bring more expertise um, you know, as the sport continues to grow in the area. But um, besides that, the only other event, um, you know, that I was able to see in person since we last podcast was on Monday. Um, I got to go out to Waite Park um, at Discovery uh, Community School, which is where Cathedral St. John's Prep Tennis plays their home matches. Um, you know, it was, a, it was my first chance to, to see them this season. Um, and it ended up being um, a pretty good day for them. They're able to win four to three over North Branch, who's a section opponent, um, and improved to two and overall. And uh, last year they only won three matches. They, um, I believe, they were three and nine overall last year. So to already pick up two matches, they also beat Osakis four to three um, the previous week. So they're kind of trending in the right direction to start the year. Um, the the thing that kind of stood out at this match was just the dominance from the single play. They won all four singles matches. Um, in straight sets, and they lost all three doubles matches in straight sets. But luckily, you play more singles matches than double matches in a day. So they were able to um, get the job done that way. Um, someone that kind of had an eye on, you know, eye out for already this year was Chandler Hendricks um, at number one singles. Um, he had a really great match from what I was able to see. You know, the previous week he'd faced um, someone from Osakis who'd finished third in sections, almost went to state last year, and he lost six. Six nothing, six nothing to start the year. So I was interested to see how he would bounce back. He played really well. He won six nothing, six two, um, over number one singles player from North Branch, and he had a combination of kind of hitting some strong forehands. He had some nice touch around the net too. You know, this early in the season, um, and he was consistent and kind of getting his serve in, even though the wind was insane. I would say it probably was like twenty plus miles an hour. So people were trying to have to uh, all the matches. You could tell they were trying to balance for that see how that went but um he was still able to to get the job done in that match 
Yeah, no, definitely. And um, I mean, like you said, kind of nice to see Cathedral getting off to an early start. Um, like you said, was able to win four to three against Osakis. Um, Cathedral was able to get the wins at number two and number three doubles, as well as um, number two and number three singles. So um, some good performances by by those players. Um, and then I think since there's not much else left um, in our podcast, I thought I think it'd be good to just kind of run through the list of things that have happened because there's not a ton that has happened. So it might be good to just kind of go through some of the list. Um, I guess first, um, we're, we're kind of going through alphabetical order of sport um, through our podcast note. But baseball, um, like you said, Monday was a great day for baseball. Unfortunately, I was off that day, so I was not able to watch any baseball. Um, but uh, Albany was able to play Cathedral. Um, the Huskies got the 12 to 5 win over the Crusaders. Um, actually, Al. Al Amdahl's um, 400th career win. Um, he was also inducted into the 2022 Hall of Fame class for the Minnesota Baseball Coaches Association. So congratulations to him on both of those accomplishments. Um, but Brady Goble was able to pitch four innings for the win. Um, Carter Beer had two hits along with five RBIs. Um, Braden, Brandon Holm had three hits and two runs. Um, and then Brady Goble also had two RBIs as well. So some really good um, power from all around. Um, kind of nice to see a bunch of different guys being able to hit the ball. Cathedral, um, John Hawkins had um, went three for four with two RBIs and a run. Austin Lensmeyer um, had went two for four. And then Jackson Phillip um, finished with two, two innings, um, three hits and zero runs. So um, the only other game that happened that Monday was Wilmer against Sartell. Wilmer got the one to nothing win um, in a very close game. Um, Tory Lund had pitched five innings, had seven hits, one earned run, three Ks. And then Jalen Vorpal um, finished off the game with two innings, zero hits, zero runs, and a strikeout. So um, some really good games uh, to start off the season on Monday. I'm hopefully going to be able to see more as, you know, this weekend kind of hits. Um, but yeah, definitely fun to see that. And then um, kind of continuing on through for girls golf, um, the only meet we've been able to have some teams get out to was on Monday. Um, Cathedral and Albany were second and third in that meet. Becker was the one that took that meet out of 11 teams. They were first place. But for Cathedral, they were led by Olivia Best and with a 93 overall, um, one of their four golfers that were under 100. And then for Albany, Maddie Ramler was their top golfer um, with a 94. So good to see. You know, with not the best conditions, still um, a lot of these girls getting under 100 to start the year. And I'm sure we're only going to continue to see the scores improve from there. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't know how you can hit a golf ball right now outside. So, I mean, it's just impressive that they got through 18 holes because honestly, I'd be giving up after like the first or second hole with the wind and all the conditions of Minnesota weather. But uh, and then for uh, for tennis, too, um, one other thing I was going to add about that North Branch match was that um we also saw you know some good singles play from kind of the rest of the lineup alex ramirez he got his second win of the year two six one six two and then there's um twin brothers actually who are um foreign exchange students there um andres and pablo cervantes rodriguez both played number three and number four singles on um on monday and they both looked looked really good too um for you know young guys like that so it was cool to see them um, get some wins as well, too. 
Other tennis teams that have played so far, St. Cloud has lost their only match. They lost to Litchfield 5-2 on Monday. And then Sartell was able to play um, a little bit over the weekend. They lost to New London Spicer 4-3, but defeated Montevideo um, 6-1. So um, all of tennis, is, the nice thing is that you don't have to worry about how wet the grass is or tearing up the field. Just basically if, if it's raining or if uh, you can, you know, the, the courts get enough to play on. So they've been able to play a bit more. Um, than all the other sports other than track doing some indoor meets. I would say tennis has got to uh, get the most of their matches in so far to start the year. Absolutely. And on the boys track and field side, um, Friday, Sock Rapids and Sartell were able to face off and fully um, on the indoor track. Sock Rapids uh, won that that uh, meet 61 to 58. Um, Logan Clark uh, finished first on the 55 meter hurdles. Ethan McClellan um finished first in the 55 meter and the 200 meter dash um you also had will white that finished first in the boys shot put anthony mahold um finishing first in the boys triple jump and then reed johnson from sock rapids uh he ended up first in boys pole vault um on monday you also had the peers invitational cathedral was able to finish first or sorry second um in that and then the Alexandria Invitational, you had um, Ricori. They finished third overall um, with Brainerd taking home the victory as a team. But Ricori's boys, um, 4 by 11 relay, finished first, as well as Vincent Calusa. Um, he finished first in the 3,200-meter run. Um, and then Luke Gunnarsson, he ended up first in the boys' discus throw, as well as Nick Asfeld um, for the boys' high jump. For all for Ricori. And then lastly, for the boys' side, um, Albany, they had their indoor quad again at Foley. And uh, Foley was able to get the victory as a team, but Sock Rapids finished third. Albany finished fifth. Um, Carter Loesch was able to finish first at the 55 meter hurdles. Grant Mayers um, ended up first in the 600, or sorry, 800 and 1600 meter runs. Isaac Noska um, from Albany finished at 400-meter dash first place. Will White was able to end up first in the boys' shot put for Sock Rapids, as well as Reed Johnson for Sock Rapids finishing first in the boys' pole vault. And then on the girls' side, um, also a lot of these teams um, competing inside last Friday um, as well in Foley, Sock Rapids and Sartell. Uh, Laney Stavish was first for Sartell in the 55-meter dash. Maddie Dockendorf was first in the mile. Uh, Maya Hentges in the 400-meter dash. Um, they were also winners. And then um, Sock Rapids Rice had some winners um, in some of the field events. Haley Cullen won the shot put, and Ruby Gustafson won the long jump and high jump. And then Tayo Lewandowski won the triple jump for Sartell. Um, as well, kind of on Monday, we were able to get some outside meets. Um, Ricori had a big day, kind of as, they, as we saw them having uh, their indoor meets as well. Um, they won the 4 by 8 with an impressive time. Um, they CC Woods won the 100 and 300 meter hurdles with some great times too. Um, Ava Larson won the two mile, and then the four by two team also came in first place. So those relay teams already really strong for Ricori. I'm guessing we'll see that um, trend continue, kind of as as we saw last year too. And then last night, um, Albany, who was originally going to have an outdoor meet, they moved their um, quad meet to Foley as well. Um, they had some good performances. Um, Brooke Hoffarth won the 55 meter and 200 meter dash. 
Um, Olivia Gable won the mile by like 40, 45 seconds, I think I saw. She ran a 5.06 to take first place. She's already looking really strong. Um, and then for Sock Rapids, Haley Cullen won the shot put again um, with throw of over 34 feet. And then Annalise Martinson won the triple jump after uh, leaping over 30 feet. So a lot of individual winners, some good performances to start off the year. Um, and I'm sure that's only going to continue hoping. I know there's a pretty big meet at Recorey supposed to be um, next Tuesday, hoping that we can get that in, see more of these teams all competing because they've all had their schedules shuffled around about a million times so far, um, but still putting up uh, some pretty good results early in the season. Yeah, no, definitely. And I guess the only thing left in this podcast, um, like we said, probably a short one for everybody. So sorry about that, but hopefully we'll get some more content um, as we, as the spring season starts to open up, but um, kind of looking ahead for this upcoming week, um, obviously everything's TBD because of the weather. So um, this might be completely gone by tomorrow, but you know, we're just going to do it because why not? Um, but Thursday, as of right now, I will be heading out to Sartell for the Sock Rapids Rice Sartell baseball game. Um, that's supposed to kick off at 5 p.m. at the orthopedics field. Um, and so hopefully that will be the case Friday. Um, planning on probably tag teaming with uh, Zach to go watch St. Cloud State baseball um, for college. They're playing Southwest Minnesota State um, at noon and at two. Saturday is the big Earth Day run. Um, if you aren't familiar with it, um, it's a race that has that has been a half marathon in St. Cloud and kind of starts kicks off the the running season as well as the summer season. Don't know about the summer season yet, um, since it's supposed to be like 32 on Saturday. <laughs> but you know, um, but I mean, it's a, it's a really fun run. It hasn't happened for a couple season years because of the COVID pandemic. They actually did a virtual run, I think, last year, um, just having people run kind of on their own. Um, but definitely going to be a fun time. Um, I was able to put out a little preview about it, so make sure to check out sctimes.com for that. Um, it's a really cool opportunity if if you have some kids and you want to have them run the fun run on Friday night. It's always kind of a fun one. There's a 5K on Friday night as well. Um, and then the big half marathon is on Saturday morning. So um, Dave and I will be out there on Saturday morning taking some pictures of the half marathon runners. Um, stay warm. Make sure to dress appropriately because it's going to be cold. <laughs> um, so and then to kind of round out the rest of the week, I'm off on Sunday and Monday. But then Tuesday, I am planning on probably heading out to um, haven't really decided yet, but um, there's some good matchups between some local teams. Um, St. Cloud is playing at Ricori for baseball at 5 p.m. Ricori at, is playing at Sartell Sock Rapids for boys lacrosse at 6 p.m. And then um, there's also a boys or a boys and girls track and field meet at Ricori with a bunch of uh, the Central Lakes teams like Apollo, Sartell, Sock Rapids, and that kicks off at 4 p.m. So. Um, Definitely some really good opportunities to go see, you know, some local teams playing each other um, early on in the season. Yeah, and for me, um, you know, Grand Rapids is playing St. Cloud as still on the schedule at five o'clock as of tomorrow. So we're hoping that sticks um, to get to see them play for the first time. Um, St. Cloud State Baseball playing on Friday, who um, they're on a very nice streak right now. They've um, they've won about they've won five in a row, I believe it is, um, you know looking up after um, a slower start, but they're already 12 and four in conference and they're five and zero at home too, so far this year. So um, great start to the year 
um, out at Joe Faber Field. They're going to be playing, like Brian said, that doubleheader. They're also going to be playing um, Southwest Minnesota State in a nine-inning game um, on Saturday. So that's someone to keep an eye on. Um, and as well, going into next week, um, kind of up in the air, there's some tennis matches, some golf meets, um, going to be call, all kind of weather dependent. But um, on the college scene as well, the, the St. Cloud State women's softball team has been playing um, quite well, too. They've they've won three in a row. They're 11 and three in conference um, and just swept Minnesota Crookston. Um, they played back in the Dome yesterday. They've kept the Husky Dome up even an extra week just because it's been getting a lot of use with with how the weather's been going, but they won eight to nothing um, and nine to four uh, yesterday afternoon to to continue their good start to the year in conference. Um, and I'm going to be heading out um, to St. John's baseball this afternoon too. Um, they're about 500 in the Mayak uh, right now, looking to string a couple wins together to get back to 500 overall. And then St. Ben softball also off to um, a great start. Hopefully, be able to see them in the next couple weeks too. So. Um, a lot of baseball and softball has just been happening. Either um, it's been moving times, weekends, indoors, outdoor. It's kind of been all over the place. Um, a lot of road games, too. But ho- hopefully we'll get to see a bit more of these squads um, in person in the coming weeks. Absolutely. No, I Like we said, it's unfortunately a very small podcast, but hopefully that gives you a little bit of an idea of how the week's going. But um, cross your fingers for some warmer weather. Um, I know for, for us um next week we'll both be here and then i'll be heading out on a vacation for a week so zach will be uh taking over um quite a bit of the responsibilities for that week as i'm gone and non-existent for an entire week um but uh, but yeah plenty of stuff coming your way um, we got some fun feature stories coming up as well with um you know different accomplishments and different things like that just to kind of keep the paper going i, I guess in the sports side of things um, but hopefully we'll get back to our Tuesday, Thursday, Friday routines here, hopefully soon and um, be able to give you guys the content that you guys deserve. So, uh, but I think, I don't know. I think that kind of wraps up this podcast. Don't you think? Uh, we stretched it to half an hour, which isn't bad for, you know, only having a couple of games, things <laughs> happening, but yeah, I think that's going to about do it today. So if, once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC time sports report podcast, and we will see you again next time.